Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Rabid Weasel Podcast, episode number 37, New Year's Evil. Um, happy late New Year's, everybody. <laughs> You're a little past New Year's Eve, I guess, at this point. <laughs> yeah. So sorry for being very late. By the time you guys hear this, uh, it'll be halfway to February, but um, we had some personal real life stuff going on we had to deal with that set us back there. I think everybody can relate to that, but um, mm -hmm. so thanks for being patient, but it's still coming out in January. So I guess the whole year is technically the new year, right? So whatever, yeah. it yeah. counts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I'm Jared, your host. Uh, that was, I think you already heard Mia. Mia, how are you doing over there? My sister-in-law. I'm doing good, hanging out with my sister, the dogs, and ready to talk about New Year's Evil. Did you have a good uh, New Year's and eat, do anything fun? I guess you can't really, it's not really a good idea to go out and party too much right now, but. Um, yeah, well, we went to a fun little comedy show um, here in Seattle. Everybody gets uh, their vaccination card checked and uh, you get to enjoy a comedy show, um, which was a lot of fun. We did that and came home and hung out with the dogs. Nice. And Justin, my brother, how are you doing? Do you have fun on New Year's as much as possible? <laughs> yeah, we had a good time at the TV show, or the TV show, the comedy show. I'll get it right. And uh, it was a nice break. It had been a crazy final two weeks of December. Yeah. So it was really nice to spend that time together. And then, uh, as you all know, I'm back on the East Coast, where I'm usually with Mia in Seattle. I am back outside of Atlanta, where Jared and I grew up, taking care of some family things. And so we are spread across three time zones yeah. uh, for the first mm -hmm. time in a while, actually. Which is kind of appropriate for this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But before we get into that movie, uh, I guess, any new? did anybody do New Year's resolutions? Oh, no. We talked about it. We didn't really yeah. then do real resolutions, just more in the direction of like talking about some things we wanted to try to focus on this year. So no specific resolutions though. I I never do New Year's resolutions. I always like the idea, but then the sort of logical part of my brain goes, you know, you can just decide to change things any day. So, yep. <laughs> uh, yep. you know, I, so uh, I didn't really do anything either, but uh, let's hope <laughs> let's hope this year things start going in the right direction for everybody. Um, Proper New yeah. Year's Eve party with like a lot of people. I mean, just doing stuff you enjoy. How fantastic would that be? I like to go to a concert or like just travel oh, without having to quarantine. Yeah, I'd like to come back home for maybe a week or two. You know, I, <laughs> I haven't been able to. I came over here. I'm in Asia. I plan to go to like, oh, I'll go to Singapore, Japan, I'll travel around, I'll come back home and see the family maybe once a year. Nope, I have not left this country in almost two years. Because uh, yeah. if I do, I can't, I mean, I can come back, but I have to stay in my apartment for minimum of two weeks, you know, yeah. so. Makes it basically impossible with the job. Pretty much, yeah, so. Um, but oh, to a better year, in, to 2022. Yeah. Well, let's get into our escapism then. Uh, New Year's Evil, 1980. Uh, I forgot how 
this movie's pretty old. Uh, it was part of, so 1980, that's really 80, 81. If you talk to people who are slasher movie fans, that's sort of like the, the peak. Uh, it was the first real slasher boom that came out um, after Halloween. Uh, our last movie was Black Christmas, which was, um, well, we already talked about that, but kind of uh, maybe the first slasher movie, the first holiday-themed slasher movie, but Halloween's the one that really made it a big thing. And after Halloween, there was a million holiday-themed slasher movies. Even Friday the 13th was one. Um, New Year's Evil. There were quite a few. And where does this one rank? Uh, well, we'll get there. <laughs> New Year's <laughs> Evil, 1980. Um, the funny thing about this movie is whenever I would see this movie, I would see the, the cover art and the poster always has the – what is that mask he wears at the end of the movie? Is it supposed to be Richard Nixon? Or <laughs> uh, it does yeah, look like really a Nixon mask. Yeah, I've heard it's Richard Nixon and someone else. But anyways, the mask is kind of creepy looking. But you're watching the movie and he doesn't put it on till the very end. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a little more background <laughs> on the movie. <laughs> um, there's not too much. I looked up. I you know looked everybody up on Wikipedia, IMDb. There's not too much to say about many of these people. Um directors writers didn't do this is probably their biggest film i guess the only person to talk about is the main actress who we'll call she's called blaze throughout the movie that's ross kelly um now we not too many people will recognize her now probably but if you were watching a lot of tv in the 70s you would have recognized her she was on episodes of starsky and hutch the love boat dukes of hazard charlie's angels uh, probably most notable to people nowadays as Pinky from uh, Happy Days, who was Fonzie's love interest. Do you, did you guys watch a lot no of Happy way, Days? No way, really? No. Yeah. That's so cool. I thought she looked familiar, but I didn't actually look her up. That's incredible. I loved Happy Days. Yeah, I watched a lot of Happy Days, too, as a kid. And uh, there was like a, a trilogy of episodes where Fonzie finally meets his lady uh and it's a girl named pinky who can ride motorcycles and be cool like him and that's her so but other than that there's not too much to say about the for me anyways about the people behind the film so uh let's just jump into i guess our initial thoughts um mia i'll let you go first just uh what did you think about this movie <laughs> um it was interesting um, it <laughs> interesting is code for terrible <laughs> <laughs> no it's not no no it's not um that, yeah it was kind of like fun it wasn't like a i don't know it's kind of like it was kind of weird because there are some plots where i was like that's kind of off and i didn't quite understand and then like there were parts where they were like really unanswered um, and I didn't understand why they were happening and it was never really fully explained like her son. Um, there's like a scene that's very awkward and weird. I think it's like putting on like pantyhose or something like that that's never uh -huh. really addressed later. <laughs> so you know what John is talking about. Um, and it was just <laughs> an interesting movie. It's not quite like something I've ever really seen before. It, you know, it's funny. It's not really that scary. Um, so yeah, <laughs> those are my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, mental illness isn't handled very well. 
well in this movie. Um, you know, I guess at this time you were just crazy, right? You're just crazy. But we'll get to all that. Uh, Justin, uh, your general thoughts on the film. Yeah, I mean, we're getting into kind of subgenre stuff at this point. Sub subgenre. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, so people should know that going in. But so this is a film that 10 years ago I would have like struggled to get through would have been kind of like what's the point this is a bad version of other things that are done better and I would have been like why but now as I've gotten into like thinking about themes of horror movies and the idea of it being like a New Year's Eve movie and then like riffing off of that throughout it's just there's some funny stereotypes in there the killer is pretty funny a few times with like random eye rolls at some of the victims and so, uh, you know, you can't go into it thinking you're going to get a particular fright or a coherent narrative. Um, but there are some nice touches like the killer's voice and the, he just wants to be called <laughs> evil. Yeah. <laughs> just um, evil. And it's, yeah, so anyways, it's, it's fun. It has some really, it's some really fun moments. And I, I, without looking, I would have pegged it like late 70s, so 80 kind of makes sense. It does have some of those maybe grungier elements to the rock crowd by then, I guess. But anyways, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's not for everyone, and it's not really a great movie, uh, I don't think necessarily, but I watched it twice, and I'm glad that I watched it the second time. It was still fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I I pretty much agree with you. That's it's not a great movie. Uh, it has some problems. It's it's entertaining though. It's definitely if you just want to see something fun, kind of cheesy, watch it one time. I think if you're if you're a fan of the genre, you know, slasher movies, especially old slasher films from that time period, you'll like it. I like the movie as kind of a um, a snapshot of that time period with what was going on with the, the culture and the music um, with the new wave stuff. It's pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's that's, that's all I could really say. It's not great. Has, has some um, it's entertaining though. And it's worth one watch, I think, but we'll, we'll it's a little into- more mainstream. It's a little more mainstream than blood freak. <laughs> yeah it's just a whole other level it's a little more i mean compared to blood freak it's a great movie you know (laughs) blood freak's barely a movie Um, (laughs) stream this one on youtube for free yeah go rent it on amazon prime (laughs) new year's evil all right well let's jump into it um i mean i do like like the setup i like the idea behind it which we're about to kind of um summarize i like i like the idea behind it mostly it's kind of a mess of a movie and we'll get into it as we go but it's new year's eve in los angeles and we have diane sullivan okay so she is played by Roz kelly who we just talked about and we'll we will be calling her blaze that's her stage name so she's going to be hosting a live tv show to bring in the new year's in each time zone you know she'll be checking in with each person uh with hosts from each time zone watching as it changes uh it's sort of like a music countdown counting down the best new wave i I keep wanting to say punk rock but it's actually new wave with a little bit of punk rock elements in there um 
So counting down new wave music of the year, and they've got a live band, they've got a live audience. So that's our setup. That's all set up really quickly. So we get our first murder, and that is Yvonne, who is her assistant, Blaze's assistant. She is attacked in her dressing room by an unseen man with a knife who is hiding in her shower. That all happens. This movie doesn't screw around too much at the beginning. That happens in less than all that happens in less than four minutes. <laughs> so uh, then we get the opening credits and the movie's theme song. Uh, what did you guys think of the theme song? Any, did anybody? I like the song. <laughs> New Year's Eve. I like the song oh. too. I like the whole like when you're following the. So whenever the song started and we're following the crew in the car, I actually thought they were part of the movie. Then you don't really ever see them again, ex except like glimpses when they're in the crowd. But <laughs> I love that you can follow them. They're following them as they're getting to the concert and they're just like rocking out and flipping off people and like making faces as they're getting to the venue. But I like the yeah. song. Yeah, I like the song and we do follow these kids. It's kind of like the opening of... Uh, return of the living dead where we're following these kind of punks around uh but there's a lot of time spent on them and yeah they're not really that important <laughs> at mm -hmm. all um but it is fun just to see them by the way was that legal at the time having that many people just sitting on the side of the car basically where you could fall off at any second <laughs> Probably not. but uh yeah you know the kind of snotty teenage counterculture type or reminds me of being young <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah well anyways i hope you guys like the song because you're going to hear it many many Over. more times throughout this Over movie <laughs> um it's a good thing it's a fairly catchy song but it's it does get old after about the third time you've heard it um so yeah when and the scenes with the band are really long i mean mm -hmm. you couldn't get away with that now that like is a... one of my main criticisms, actually, of this movie. I feel like it kind of ruins the pacing um, because there's a lot of times where it's just like, this is really an hour-long movie with about yeah. 20 minutes of <laughs> people shuffling around on the dance song. floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that sort of throws the throws the pace off a good bit. But um, could you could you we'll, describe to me and what's a what's a What's a dance floor? Is it, do, do people do things in like groups together? And yeah, we used to. Well, I guess we still do. If you, you know, just well, let's avoid that subject. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, okay. So we learn a little bit about the the Blazes family. Uh, her husband Richard hasn't shown up to support her. Um, instead, choosing to party at some club. And her son, Derek, does show up to support her, even bringing some flowers. But she's so self-obsessed with herself and getting ready for the show that she's completely not paying him any attention, which <laughs> makes him obviously sad. Um, what a weird character that guy is, too. It's like, yeah. it's, you're supposed to know that something's off, but it's not clear what. So he just, like, stares menacingly or dramatically into the distance kind of shaking and frustrating and like making long call phone calls that like long drawn out phone calls that no one actually answers we just hear it ring over and over and over again yeah i feel like you could really have taken him out of the movie 
entirely. It wouldn't have been as entertaining without him because watching him do weird stuff for no reason is kind of fun. <laughs> um, yep. But all you need to know here is that he's excited because he got some role in a play or something, but his mom's not paying attention. And so he's super sad about it. Um, which to be fair, I can understand her being kind of distracted right here. She's about to go on live television, bringing in the new year. There's a band, eh, but okay. Maybe she's like that all the time. Um, so she goes out blaze, goes out and starts the show, uh, which has a live band. And like we said, the dance floor, now, after her introduction, she checks in with the host from each time zone. So we're going to be following the other time zones too and starts answering phone calls. Now, do you guys remember the first phone call she gets is not from the killer, um, but it was kind of funny. Do either of you remember she's taking calls? What do you think the best song of the year is? Oh yeah, I don't need no education from like a random, just a random person. Yeah, the person says, my vote is for we don't need no education, which is obviously Pink Floyd's another brick in the wall. Um, yeah. But that's not a new wave song. This is like a new wave punk rock show. Pink Floyd is in no way a new <laughs> wave band. And that's not the name of the song either, lady. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, good point. <laughs> But then we get the second caller who, this is where the plot of the film starts. Okay. It's uh, a man calls with a disguise on his voice. Now, Mia, how would you describe his voice? What is he doing there? He's got like some kind of weird mechanical thing that he puts up to his neck, right? And it's, it's uh, I don't know if I, we can replicate it, but it kind of sounds like that or <laughs> sort of similar <laughs> he's using some kind of yeah there you go he sounds like like a weird i guess like robotic that's what i was thinking uh, voice yeah now do we think this is um what do you guys think about that sound effect is it creepy is it silly <laughs> when first time we watched it i laughed <laughs> when we first started yeah. doing the voice it's like yeah sort of meant to be creepy but it was it's more, more silly than creepy silly yeah well i think it's it could be creepy i mean if you're so if one problem is we're seeing him at this point we're not really seeing his face very clearly but we know it's a person i guess if you were hearing the phone call and you just heard the voice it would be creepy uh but we see him so that's one issue with the movie is you see the killer um, the other issue is, I don't know, he just talks kind of slow and he says silly things, you know, they're like, what's your name? And what does he want to be called, Justin? <laughs> Evil. Call me Evil. Evil. <laughs> and then she asks him again, he's like, um, oh, do you have a real name or something like that? He goes, no, just Evil. <laughs> so um yeah i don't know it's a it's a creepy idea i guess to have the voice altered but it does come off more silly um it comes off creepy at points though i mean it does hit occasionally and... sometimes it can be you know yeah. um sometimes it can be but for the most part it's more silly and well there's one part that's creepy but we'll get to that later 
Okay, so that theme song, I already talked about this, but like I said, I hope you like it because we're hearing it again uh, and you're going to hear it many times. And this is also, we were talking about earlier, the footage of the crowd. Um, <laughs> if you're bored, you can just watch these scenes because the people in the audience, I think they actually paid them in drugs. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, they look like a pretty, pretty, yeah. pretty strung out crew. Yeah, to be clear, I have no evidence of that, but just watch these people. They're all like, <laughs> half of them were just kind of staring at the ceiling and trying not to fall down. And, um, Oh, allegedly. Energy, yeah. <laughs> the energy in the crowd changes too. Like sometimes it's almost a mosh pit, which makes sense. Other times they're just kind of like swaying and other times they're going crazy. I don't know. The, the stuff of the crowd is really weird and it's like a third of the movie. <laughs> but um, if you watch this movie, pay close attention during those scenes and look at the people and their faces. It's, it's pretty entertaining. Blaze um, is just a is just a party initiator. I mean, she's just doing a good job of getting the crowd into it. She's got to get her ratings up according to Ernie, you know. Yeah, and her job's not that hard either. She just comes out and goes, uh, "All right, here's the band. <laughs> Everybody having good good time. I'm gonna answer two phone calls and then go back to my dressing room." Um, but uh, oh, I almost got ahead of myself. So we we're talking about the killer's voice, but what does he say? to her when he calls why does he call her what does he have to say what's his plan he's gonna, he's gonna kill people that she loves at midnight mm -hmm. yep. he says he's going to commit murder and oh, yeah. i can't remember if the first one he says does he say he's going to kill someone in every time zone on the first phone call no he says he's gonna kill someone no. at midnight because then the cop later he explains it to us in case we missed it. <laughs> right, yeah. So here he just says he's going to commit murder and he says he's going to kill someone very close to her. Um, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that sets up the tension. And this is a good, I guess, story. I like the idea that she has, she's hosting this live event and someone's calling and messing with her. So she can't like shut down. She still has to keep going with the show, even though there's this guy threatening her on the air. I like that idea, you know, um, wish it could have been done. I'd like to see this movie made, maybe even remade with like more seriously. It could be a pretty creepy idea as a thriller. Um, but yeah, that's a good idea. It's just, it's almost like they were trying to be silly in the execution. I don't know if they were or not, but it, some of it definitely comes across as silly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> some of it is. Well, Anyways, so Blaze is concerned about the caller and she goes off and demands more security. But let's go over to, now we follow the killer. Um, so just to be clear here, we see the killer's face. Um, and I think that, I don't know, there's a twist at the end of the movie. You think there's not going to be, maybe there's not going to be a twist because we know who the killer is. And that's sort of breaking, breaking a slasher rule to just show the killer's face and he just seems like just a person he's not a monster he's not heavily scarred he's not you know he's just a guy who's going around killing and he's kind of charming so what did you guys think about when you saw oh that's the killer and we just see him very clearly what did you think about um that where you can well it's kind of jarring i mean because you expect it to be like a big piece of the who done it or like 
something about the killer, but I mean, he's just a, another another white guy, mass murderer. <laughs> he's just kind of standard issue, good looking white guy killer. Um, so, I mean, I like that there are some twists that come along with him, um, but it is just kind of, it was a kind of a little bit of a shock just to see him. But it also adds to the mystery in some way too, because it, you know they're showing him for you for some reason. So there's gotta be some purpose to it. So it kind of also gets you kind of intrigued into like, what's that person's story and what's their deal pretty quick. Yeah, it's kind of like showing you, hey, this is, there's going to be twists here because there's a reason we're showing you his face, but it's also, he's very yeah. like non-assuming and charming. And so that's usually like not scary, right? Um, and usually he's like really well dressed and um, really like put together. So he has like an un unassuming demeanor, kind of like Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a Ted it, Bundy vibe for sure. It could have been kind of a Hannibal Lecter type thing where he's cultured and intelligent and that what that's what mm -hmm. makes him intimidating. Maybe that's kind of what they were going for. Um, you know, he's also a master of disguise. <laughs> he just completely yeah, changes yeah. his character. Um, he can glue on a mustache in real time. Oh yeah, we'll get to the mustache. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising when you're watching this movie and because again, you've, if you've seen the poster, you see someone in a mask. So you're expecting him to be wearing this mask throughout the whole movie. Uh, mm. But no, you just see his face very early on. And um, it's kind of confusing as to why. And it does take away some of the tension, even though you want to know who, who is he, why is he doing this? Even in slasher movies or horror movies where we know who the villain is, like, I mean, in Halloween, we know it's Michael Myers, but you still don't see his face and you don't understand why he's doing it. Um, so I, I remember the first time I saw this movie, I was a little bit put off by that. Like, I'm just gonna show him and show him a lot very early. Okay. But anyways, his first, um, the first person he goes to, okay, as the, as we learn later, what he's doing is he's going to kill someone as the, it becomes new year in each time zone. Um, so Justin, you want to tell us about the first one? He goes to uh, a mental asylum. Well, I mean, should we talk before I touch? Should we say anything about like the timing of how this movie has Yvonne as the first kill that we see, but then in real time, it's a little confusing because he's referring to the first kill being someone close to her, but the kill actually takes place with someone who's not close to her and it's the second kill from like after his call just should we say anything about that before we dive into kill one well the first one is uh you can get kind of confused here because actually when i first watched the movie uh i thought he was killing in a different time zone in each movie <laughs> or in, in uh, each kill and I was like, how is he getting from time zone to time zone so fast? But no, he's in the uh, same time zone. He's just killing as the time changes. Yeah, all we know at this point um, is that Yvonne is, has been killed. We assume it's him because he's, you know, unless there's another killer. Uh, although there's reason to believe that it wasn't him who killed Yvonne until the very end. But um, yeah. Him going after Yvonne at the beginning doesn't make too much sense. I felt like maybe that should have come later, but 
I don't know. What, what so, did you think about it? Well, I just, it, I just thought it made it confusing because he like, what we see is Yvonne being killed. And that's the first kill in my mind in the movie that I see. And then he's talking about the first kill being someone close to him when he's about to do it. And, but then we cut to the scene that is what we're, you know, is kind of how the then film presents it as his first kill. Cause that's at like the, the time slot, the nine o'clock time slot. So it's like the first kill from like each of the time slots. But anyways, I think it was like, it made it unnecessarily confusing because then from all accounts now, at first anyways, there are some, maybe there, maybe there are some ties to these people. I'm sure there are some theories for that, but anyways, so he calls in, he says he's going to kill someone close to Blaze. And then we see him kind of dressed um, as if he might be a physician's assistant or a doctor or a nurse. And he kind of pops into a hallway and he's talking to this uh, nurse who has just left uh, taking a, a break, a smoke break shift with uh, one of her friends and they're they're working at what is like a 1970s mental asylum and they're the mental asylees are watching the same rock concert we're watching yeah that's a and, funny they're, they're all watching um, new wave shows yeah and it's yeah it's a lot of like weird stereotypes of mental asylums and there's like a guy like kind of watching a vehicle go around in circles on a table and there are people doing like awkward dances and all kind of things and the nurses are like observing them and kind of chuckling to themselves a little bit because uh, they're almost trying to mimic their own version of the mosh pit uh, <laughs> on the television so anyways she goes on a break and um as she's uh coming back from a smoke break i think uh, he pops up and it's a killer and um, he's like uh, he asks her uh, he tells her he's there to help he's a, an emergency shift and she's like well good and they have this like nice little back and forth about like it's New Year's Eve and he's brought some champagne can they drink before he starts a shift and she's kind of like what the hell it's New Year's Eve so they go to like uh, open the champagne and uh, have a drink uh, as they're getting closer to the countdown. And then they start pulling around. And then as the countdown progresses, he reaches over to his radio that's count, uh, having a countdown and press, presses record, like old timey style, play and record, yeah. <laughs> which I still remember, but haven't done in. 25 years um and then he stabs her to death um and uh kind of she screams kind of over the the countdown as it's everyone else is celebrating the new year and all the asylees are blowing uh I don't remember what those things are called but uh you you breathe into them i don't remember what they're called but little party things oh and yeah i don't know what they're called though and yeah so and that was that was kill one um yeah yeah so he i mean we see here that he basically he's a very 
charismatic. That's the word I was looking for. Mm. He's a very charismatic guy because he basically yeah. just meets this woman and completely seduces her very quickly. You know, he just charms her and uh, and that's his first kill and he records it. So, yeah, Mia, what'd you think about the uh, the first one or the the first time zone kill, at least, to be to be clear? <laughs> Uh, I thought it was fun. Um, he's coming in, um, charming the nurse, and they're having a good time, making out, and then he, like, stabs her. Um, and his kink is recording the <laughs> the stabbing as it's progressing. And I, I thought it was, like, a fun one because I like the humor in it, um, especially with um, the countdown of the New Year's and... Um, the shots of uh, the patients also watching the same show, ironically, that, you know, uh, that were... Uh, there wasn't much uh, on TV in 1980, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought it was a fun first kill. I like the second one better. But <laughs> All right. Well, we'll give you a chance to talk about that in just a second. Um, yeah, this first one, I don't know. It's it, Again, it's just so silly. I can't get past how silly it is with... Uh, you know, the uh, the asylum, the people in the asylum are just so silly, <laughs> um, yep. I guess. And, you know, they're all harmless. Everyone in a mental asylum is complete. They're just children, right? Um, they're not, none of them are dangerous or violent or anything. They're all just kind of silly. <laughs> anyways, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, back at the show. Um now, here's one thing that really throws me off at the, about the movie. I don't know if you guys caught this the first time. I didn't think about it the first time I saw the movie, but the band is playing like a slow bluesy jam. This is a new wave kind of punk rockish show. These guys have like makeup on and crazy things with their hair and clothes. And they're just playing this bluesy jam song with everyone kind of swaying to it. What What, what is going on with this? <laughs> you know, it's like if you go to see the Sex Pistols and they're playing Eric Clapton or something. I don't know, but it's, uh, that was weird. You gotta gotta adjust off. the pacing, I guess, throughout to move the story along thematically. Yeah. Uh. But uh, anyways, Blaze's assistant arrives with a few police officers. So they're not really taking the phone call too seriously because they're just like, ah, you, you crazy kids. You're a bunch of weirdos. Of course, someone's giving you weird, <laughs> weird phone yeah. calls um but um completely talks tell, down to blaze too pretty seriously yeah yeah they're like what do yeah. you people expect yeah <laughs> he basically blames her because you shouldn't be a yeah. part of all this these weird looking people and music and this wouldn't happen to you <laughs> but um anyways he tells her look we'll still check in on it if the, this guy calls you again stay on the phone as long as you can so we can trace the call kind of like in Black Christmas again, trace the call. Um, but uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Derek, this is where we see that Derek, the whole subplot of Derek, her son, <laughs> he's just taking pills and turning into a, a zombie, <laughs> I guess. Uh, I, was, I thought he was just going to die because he's already moving in super slow motion and then he swallows three more. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. He yeah. just kind of like stares off into the distance taking his pills. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super slow-mo. Now, when I first saw the movie, I thought that they were setting him up as kind of a red herring. 
Um, mm-hmm. But then I was confused because we've already seen who the killer is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. like, did they have a subplot with him as a red herring, but then they just forgot to take it out when they're showing the killer's face or what? But it all kind of makes sense at the end. But mm-hmm. yeah, just watching this movie the first time and being like, what the hell is going on? Why are we randomly going to this guy just being weird? <laughs> Um, but anyways um, Blaze goes back on the air she gets another call from the killer and this is again another creepy idea um, because he's instead of just talking what does he also do this time plays the recording yeah he plays the recording live on air uh, he plays the recording of his his murder so that's a creepy idea and she can't just hang up right because she's been told um try to keep him on the line so um there are some good ideas here in the movie but um he tells her he will call again in an hour now what what else is while this is going on we've also got derek mia what what does he does he pull is that stockings he pulls over his face i think so that was like really strange (laughs) yeah it's like a, some kind of like stalking over his face and it's pulling it really close and then there's like a part where he you know I guess like pierces his own ear it was really really strange and yeah. seems to be reaching out for help yeah <laughs> well, I felt like it, they were setting out like Jared had said they were setting him up to be like oh now we're gonna find out he's he's part of like a scheming or like he's or like uh he's part of like the murders or he's losing it or something like that i mean yeah obviously he's supposed to be losing it he's completely messed up on pills and he takes i guess it was a stocking he pulls it over his face and it's super tight so it like warps his face then he shoves a it's like a sewing needle or something through his ear piercing his own ear and we'll come back to him later (laughs) it's just Back to Derek for something weird. Okay, thank you, Derek. Um, <laughs> See you next time. Right. Um, yeah, I don't. Well, anyways, uh, so we'll go back. Mia now. Uh, so the killer is on the rush to make his next kill on time. This is the one where he's uh, he's like the pretending to be a rich businessman, a music manager or something. You want to tell us about this one? Sure. So our killer now prepares for his next kill and he shows us his ability as a master of disguise and he puts on a nice suit and a fake mustache and heads to like a disco. Mustache. That mustache yeah. and that disco <laughs> are just yeah. like 1980 all over it. Oh my gosh, it's brutal. Funny. And so he's kind of like looking around the disco and he finds this very unassuming young lady and he goes and tries to pick her up under the guise, you know, of taking her to another party that she'll have so much fun and and he plans to like take her there and then she's like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. Once I go to the bathroom, we can head out. And as there she comes back to his surprise, you know, as <laughs> You know, w- women do not go anywhere by themselves. Hey, we always have to make sure we have a friend because you never know the person could be a serial killer. Right. The young lady. <laughs> this young lady comes back with her friend who will be tagging along and they're bringing her along for the ride. So 
they are now in the car and he's becoming a little bit frustrated because the young lady he just picked up has been going on and on and on and talking about her <laughs> life and he's you know losing track he's his he's losing time because he's now has two people in the car and he may not make his midnight kill so they pull over for the friend that goes to the bathroom and he then he's like hey look i've got this great bag of weed you want to take a <laughs> smell and he just kind of like just steals her and suffocates her with the bag so hey and does then... this smell like chloroform to you <laughs> oh, yeah. put your face yeah. in this plastic bag for me <laughs> <laughs> and then we finally Sorry, see her Mia. friend comes out it's okay we finally see and her friend comes out and the car is gone and i think she finds like her shoe or something like that yeah, he like leaves she, a little trail of her clothes. He finds that she finds a shoe and then another shoe. Yeah. So he the trail leads to a dumpster in the back and where you know, she's like, Oh no, what's going on? He must have dumped her body in there and she opens it up and to her surprise he's in there and he drags her after. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we eventually see the police. And they're gonna they're looking for the young ladies and they or they realize there's like something has happened and they open up the dumpster. There are no bodies, but instead you see a cat jump out. Yeah. And, and can I I'm sorry ahead. to interrupt you, but can I just take a moment here? I put that in because this is the one thing that always really pisses me off. It's kind of like the car won't work, you know? Why is there always mm -hmm. a cat ready to just jump out at you? Cats don't do that, okay? Have you guys ever been walking around in public late at night and the cat just like leaps at you and screams? Um, no. If you no, have a pet cat- they usually go the other way. Yeah, if you have a pet cat, maybe they'll do that in your house, but I've never been, <laughs> try it sometime. Next time you see a cat, uh, outside somewhere see if you can get close to it you can't uh <laughs> i just don't know i want to find out who started that uh if anybody knows leave us a comment what was the first horror movie where there was a fake cat jump scare <laughs> uh, anyways i'm sorry focus 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 where you see the cat yeah i know it goes back a long time but um at least in the 70s, it was a thing. But uh, anyways, so um, yeah, so the police come. Uh, I cut you. Sorry, I interrupted you when the cat jumps out uh, because I wanted to complain about that. I put an, a point in my notes here, like take a moment to complain about cat in movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's there's no, there's no, there are, the bodies are not in the dumpster, Mia. They're scared by the cat. Then what happens? Nope. They follow a trail of blood and it leads to like a playground where they find the first body in the swing, which is very creepy and weird looking. And then they, but then they ruin it by having the other woman's corpse come down the slide with perfect timing. <laughs> right. I, uh, yeah, very body perfectly timed. Down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that only works if like, the the killer is on top of the slide waiting for the cops to come by all right now this will be great <laughs> was the body just sort of like teetering on the edge and when the police came that was enough for it to come down the slide uh yeah this so far there hasn't been so we've had the two murders and neither one of them they're i guess they're entertaining but neither of them have been scary 
to me. Um, it's just him being charming and then he kills the women when, you know. But uh, so that's the second one. Uh, so I feel at this point in the movie, it's kind of kind of losing me. I'm not too big on it. I feel like it picks up here at the end, though. So um, I'll, to, I'll take over this from here on out where the next kill. Uh, do you guys remember what he so he's been the first one? He pretended to be a doctor at the sanitarium. The second mm-hmm. one, he pretends to be a businessman. What's his third disguise? It's a priest. It's a priest, yes. Um, and when I see that, I just laugh. I don't know why, but just seeing him dressed up as a priest makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> but um, so what does he do? Oh, yeah. So things start to really get out of control here because he he's not paying attention. He has he's looking at his notes. And can either of you tell was his notes? It looks like. Um, he did have people he was targeting. I don't yeah. know. Like there were um, two people in particular. I mean, at least that's, he kept focusing in on uh, two pictures, like a male and a female, I think, uh, is at least what it looked like. Yeah, I just remember seeing some nuns, and I don't know. Um, so is oh, yeah. he, does he have targets or not? Um, oh, yeah. I don't know, because I remember saying, hey, that lady looks like that uh, series on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> where it's like <laughs> where it's like one of the nuns goes missing or something like that yeah, yeah. but anyway maybe it was just for reference to make sure he looked right and knows his character I don't know but anyways as he's distracted by these notes he runs into a motorcyclist okay and it's not just any motorcycle rider it's a motorcycle rider that's with a motorcycle gang like tough hell's yeah. angels looking guys so they all are like, okay, we're going to fuck you up now. <laughs> and he takes off. He reverses. Yeah, he just he's takes like, I'm off. out of here. Um, <laughs> and he has a pretty smart move. He goes to a drive-in theater where it's dark and there's a bunch of cars. You can turn off your light. But the gang follows him there. So he just like abandons the car. Okay. Uh, while they're looking for him, he sneaks up on one of the gang members or he's sort of surprised by one and just stabs the guy super fast because the guy thinks he's dealing with a um, dealing with a priest instead he's dealing with a serial killer. Um, and then he, oh yeah, he like stills, there's, we've been following this couple. There's this other couple who are like making out and stuff and you think it's just sort of a cheap excuse for a little bit of boobs in the movie. But mm-hmm. uh, he, he hijacks the car, throws the boyfriend out, and just drives off with the girl still in the car. Um, but they get to a point as he's driving away with her that um, he, uh, he has to like stop the car because there's some drunk people on the road. And when he's distracted by them, she runs off. So now uh, he runs after her and starts kind of like playing cat and mouse with her. But before he can actually get his hands on her, the police arrive because of the abandoned car and he has to leave her behind so this to me is kind of fun i like that this part of the movie is super i don't know it's very grindhouse just if you have a low budget but you want to make kind of a cool gritty movie just have a bunch of tough looking guys on motorcycles riding around um (laughs) but um so yeah i I like this whole part just how crazy it gets like 
okay, we're following a serial serial killer, and suddenly there's a motorcycle gang chasing him. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of fun to me. Um, now, before we go in, uh, go much further. Uh, so he's he's failed his last kill. Basically, is what's happened here. Things just kind of keep getting out of control. But um, the movie playing at the theater, or I think we're actually watching the trailer. Um, is called Blood Feast. So that probably threw a lot of people off thinking it's um, a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. But it's actually, uh, I had to look this up. It's a Jalo film. Um, and the English translation is closer to The Red Queen Kills Seven Times. It was just released in America uh, at one point under the title of Blood Feast. Um, Interesting. So that's probably confused some people, but there you go. It's not the Herschel Gordon Lewis <laughs> splatter film by the same name. It's a, some Jalo movie that now I put on my to watch list. Um, yeah, a little bit of, you learn something on the rabbit. Weasel yeah. Podcast. Now we know. Uh, I actually don't think I've, power. <laughs> I actually don't think as of right now, I've ever seen a Herschel Gordon Lewis film, but of course I know it. Blood Feast is considered like the first, gore film basically um but anyways back at the the show blaze's show the police have sealed off the building um and they're worried that the killer is coming for blaze which makes sense um but meanwhile her son back to derek who's completely snapped uh now he looks even crazier because he still has the stocking over his head but he's also put on these sort of like I don't know, like Star Trek sunglasses. <laughs> so he looks like a complete robot. I don't mm-hmm. know. Again, it's almost no like his character is evolving. Mm. Yeah. His, uh, his characteristics are becoming exaggerated. <laughs> but the whole movie, you're just like, I can't get over this. Just cut back to Derek. Derek's doing something weird. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Okay, back to the plot. Uh, <laughs> and the next time you see him, He's acting sort of normal again. He's taking everything off. His ear's not bleeding. Anyways, so our killer arrives at the building. And um, they've com- like I said, they've completely sealed off the building. There shouldn't be any way to get in. But he tricks the police officer. He, like, yells out for help. Uh, and when the police officer comes, he just smashes him in the head with a brick. <laughs> Steals his uniform. Um, now, first off, that police officer was kind of a chubby guy. Um, so the uniform him really well but we can look past that uh (laughs) he goes back into the building dressed up as a police officer um and then he changes back into his normal clothes now uh a regular another police officer a real police officer escorts blaze to her room where her son is as i said this time somehow he's sobered up real quickly from all those pills he's taking a stocking off his head um and he's just openly angry at her because she's not been giving him enough attention. He says he has a surprise for her, but now he's too angry and he doesn't want anything to do with it. So he just storms <laughs> off. Yeah. I had a surprise for you. Um, not anymore. Want, right. Uh, so Blaze asked the officer, hey, can you wait outside the room? Um, and then the killer walks into the room. We finally get to see him put on that richard nixon mask (laughs) or whoever it's supposed to be and he starts to sneak up behind her but she sees him 
He pulls off the mask, and what's the twist, guys? It's her husband. Yes, the twist is it's her husband the whole time. Okay, so were either of you surprised by this? Did you see it coming? What did you think about the, the big twist of the movie? There's another twist coming up, but this is the big one. Um, was I surprised? Um, not really, because they do make it a point at the beginning to talk about her husband and her son keeps like I can't get a hold of dad and I don't know, it just it just seems kind of like it was in that direction. Um but yeah, I, I don't think I was too surprised. Yeah, it's still like a nicely well executed part though. Uh, but I'm with Mia. They they dropped some hits along the way. Yeah, they definitely put down some hits. I mean, like the first time we see Blaze, she's talking about her husband. Oh, where's my husband? Oh, he's at the thing. He's not being good. It should be here. Um, but you could forget about that. I think the fact that there's so much drama around the family, like her and her son, is there's so much with him that when it turns out to be the the father, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so there you go, everybody. That's the big twist. That's why we've seen his face the whole movie, because who is he? Well, it's actually, he's basically harassing his wife here. And mm -hmm. we'll find out why his motivations here in a few minutes. But um, we think this is going, there is kind of a throws you off here, because we think it's going to be the attack scene. Like, this is going to be the part where, He's like, I, who, I'm the killer. I've come to get you. But instead, he goes back into normal mode, saying, oh, it was supposed to be a surprise uh, that I was coming to see you and all that stuff. But uh, anyways, he leaves her. And at this point, the police are able to put together who the killer is. There's two hints. And there's one, well, really obvious one. Do you guys remember how they finally figure out who the killer is? He says that the uh, manager um, is it contacted him and uh, let him in. One of them, right? Uh, well, there's a few hints. One of them is so they want to ask. They ask Richard is his name, by the way. Now we can stop calling him the killer. You know, how did you get in here? <laughs> this building is completely sealed off. And he says, "Oh, the manager. The manager said it was okay." Um, and he checks in on that. But the other big one is he left his car behind. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Remember when he was at the, um, when he the was at the drive-in theater he, where he stabbed people, um, he just left his car there. And they're like, oh, okay. We know who this car belongs to now. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, the same guy who killed someone and stole another car. Um, so... Also, they found out he was a patient at the mental asylum. So there you go. Oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. So they, they put it together right on time because he's now in the building. Um, what happens next? We get the, uh, the, so they go after him. And this is the part that really saves the movie for me. I do like the final the third act here. Um, the elevator stuff is pretty cool. He goes oh, yeah. and he hacks into the machinery, uh, the wiring of the elevator to take control of it. And when Blaze and the officer go to take the elevator down, 
he sends it into a free fall. Um, at the last second, he stops it from crashing, but they still, you know, the, uh, the force of the fall knocks him unconscious. He drags the police officer away, and then he goes in and reveals he's the killer to Blaze and what his motivations are. Um, I don't know. What did you guys, Mia, what do you think about, um, what was, do you remember what his motivations were? Why is he doing what he's doing? What's going on? Other than, I mean, he's crazy, but what's his, um, how does he justify? Um, so I don't think, so he, it's more like, um, she's more successful than him and he's, he feels unfulfilled and then he starts talking about how it's just like women and uh, I think he's just this, a disgruntled man that's <laughs> not getting <laughs> enough attention. <laughs> Basically. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he has issues with women. Um, that's a big part of it. He has killed only women, which is fairly common with serial killers. Um, uh, women are bad, right? <laughs> I like his little mm-hmm. speech. Women are not very nice or whatever he says. <laughs> um, but that, and he says that his son has said that she flirts with other men, so he doesn't like that. Um, he thinks that she's selfish because, um, which he's kind of right, you know, the son's been trying to tell her that his career is taking off and she just doesn't have time for him. Uh, what was the other big one? Oh, yeah, basically he just feels emasculated, right? I think he mm-hmm. says, you, you've cut my ball, you've castrated me. Uh, oh, yeah. You're doing it to my son too, and I won't stand for it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, hey, we could just frame this movie as a feminist film and get it a, uh, a new round of fans, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so now he's going to kill him, kill her, but up until this point, he's just been stabbing people. Well, he did strangle the one girl with the marijuana bag, which was kind of cool. Um, but Justin, (laughs) do you remember what's his plan for her? involving the elevator do you remember what he does yeah to yeah he chains her up to the elevator yeah and he goes chains- up and down and up and down and like tortures her Ugh. yeah he uh he he chains her underneath the elevator right so she's yeah. like in the elevator shaft dangling underneath it and first of all this is cool because remember no cgi here folks um you want someone dangling oh, yeah. underneath the, an elevator? You dangle them underneath the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's like, you're going to go all the way up and then I'm going to drop you and crush you. And that's going to be her her death. So it's, it's a pretty creepy little death, you know, um, or potential death. But mm-hmm. as she's rising um, or when the elevator is rising or starting to come down, he gets cornered by the police and there's a shootout. Now, conveniently, <laughs> um, if you shoot technology, the technology just shuts everything down, I guess. I don't know. Um, that's how it works in the movies. They shoot sure. the control panel accidentally, which causes the elevator to freeze. Uh, I don't know if that's how it would work or not. But So she's just stuck there hanging. <laughs> um, and he takes off running. It's chased to the top of the building. Uh it's like there's a race up the stairs, gets to the top of the building. There's nowhere else to run. And you kind of see what he's going to do. So first off, he puts his mask back on. And they tell him he acts like he's going to surrender at first. But 
instead of surrendering, the first thing he does is quote Shakespeare. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did it, do either of you know what that what that uh, what play that's from? I didn't. Uh-uh. Anyways, it's some Shakespeare quote, which kind of comes out of nowhere for him. I mean, he's yeah. an intelligent guy, but just to have him suddenly quote Shakespeare is kind of weird. Um, and then what does it's he do? It's like giving up on, and the quote's basically like giving up on life is like the takeaway. Yeah, it's just a quote about dying and accepting death. Um, and with that. And he, he leaps off the building. Yeah, he jumps to his death. Um, and don't somehow, do it, you scum. Is what the yeah, cop says. Scum. If I was a cop, I'd call people scum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're scum. Uh, but uh, somehow the son is like the first person there, there very quickly, and he's crying over his uh, dead daddy's body. And let me say, for such a short, a long fall, the guy wasn't hurt that bad. You know, he just had a little blood coming out of his mouth. Uh, I think if you fall that far, you splatter, right? But uh, anyways, so the son goes from crying to taking his mask and walking away angrily. And Blaze is okay, or at least maybe she's okay. She's put into an ambulance. And uh, all right, Mia, you want to give us the final twist of the movie? After Blaze is put into an ambulance, what do we see? Oh, her son is has sneakily um gone inside and is now the driver of the ambulance mm-hmm. after da, da, da. after killing the real driver right oh oh yeah that's right that's right <laughs> yeah and he's wearing the mask so mm-hmm. the idea here is that now the it's obviously it's been established that there's mental illness in the family and it runs in the family so now he's going to take over what his dad was doing, um, which to be, does he even know what his dad was doing throughout the whole movie? Uh, his dad tell him? He had a talk. So. He having a talk right before, but it says he had a talk, but there's no evidence up until this part of the movie that he knew his father was a killer. He yeah. just sees dad fall to his death, puts on his mask, like, I'm going to kill people now. <laughs> you don't know what's <laughs> going on. Um, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. So that's the end twist. Any thoughts Thoughts on the end twist there? That, to me, it was not surprising at all. <laughs> uh, no, I think they were building up that he was going to crack and take on the family business. Yeah, that's what all those scenes were for, of him just being weird. Uh and that's the payoff, right? Hey, this crazy guy is going to be crazy. Uh, <laughs> now he's going to wear the mask. It feel like he was trying to set up for like a series too, like a lot of the slasher films were. Like, yeah. now you can go to the sequel because now there's a new mask and it'll be about the mask. Like Jason yeah. was about the mask or Michael Myers was about the mask. Yeah, you had to have twist endings um, at that at that time or sort of like a last scare. I mean, Halloween ends with Michael Myers should be dead, but he's vanished. Um, there's always got to be some last scare or something to worry you, but there was no sequel to this movie, um, which is kind of sad because it seems like every slasher movie had about 10 sequels, but this one did not. Um, this one was mostly a forgotten film. I didn't know about it, I think, until 
but Stream Factory put it out. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. That that's New Year's Evil. Anything else to say about it? <laughs> well, I like that the song sings the title over and over and over and over. Um, makes it easy to remember. And um, I thought it was uh, just like there's. A, I think what's important about this film is there are, are a lot of things that could have been scary or could have been in, yeah. exploited in an interesting or intelligent way, and they're just not. And it's not even that the acting is always bad. I mean, sometimes he's a believable villain and sometimes Blaze is kind of, you care a little bit about her, but just it never gets put together in a, in a well done way. Uh, and uh, people hate it just for the record. It gets horrible reviews. <laughs> it's like the, yeah. the most, one of the most poorly reviewed Rotten Tomatoes I've ever come across. It has like a 4.6 on IMDb. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I kind of agree with you. There's a lot of there. There's a lot of good ideas there. It just doesn't all really come together quite right. And instead, you just yeah. get this kind of weird little forgotten movie. Um, uh, I don't know. I think it, maybe if it had been a short film, it would have worked better. Or if they had filled the time better, you know, less um, less long shots of the crowd, just kind of jumping around, doing nothing. Um, yeah, it just doesn't all quite come together the right way. I don't know, Mia, what about you? Any last thoughts on New Year's Evil? Um, it was an interesting movie. <laughs> um, Sticking with I, there interesting. Moments, yeah, yeah, there are moments that were, that were fun. There are moments that were cliche. There are moments where you were just like, what is going on? I think one of my favorite is where the young lady runs off when he's kidnapped her from the drive-in and she runs off hiding and you can see her hiding underneath the, uh, I guess it's like maybe like the bleachers or something like that. Mm. And I'm like, you're not hiding well enough. He can see you. <laughs> you better. <laughs> yeah, but it was just, it's, would I see it again? Probably not, uh, but it was an interesting movie to watch and review. Yeah, I've seen it twice now. It didn't really, uh, I think I liked it better the first time I saw it. Um, so it, it's not high up on the list by any means, but you know, that's that's how uh, this little hobby goes. You look up weird movies. Sometimes you have really great ones that you want to watch many times. Other times you just have weird little movies. <laughs> so that's part of the fun. Yeah, uh, it's definitely not the worst movie. It's not even the worst movie we've covered on this podcast. Uh, not no, close. No. Um, what is the worst movie? Blood I mean, Freak. yeah, it has to be Blood Freak. What's the second worst movie we've covered here on the podcast? Um, man, I'd have to think about it. Um, yeah, I'd have to think about it. Second was one of the one of the early zombie movies. Some of them were not so good. Trying to think. Mia, can you think of a movie we like one of the worst movies we've covered so far, other than Blood Freak? The answer is Blood Freak. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. The answer is Blood Freak. Um other movies that weren't so great. Um Ernest was not I don't good. know. Uh, the most recent one that I can think of is Blood Freak, where I was just like, why am I watching? Why is Jared Way give me watch this? <laughs> um <laughs> uh no i 
no no and any of the zombie movies that i think that we watched like i like enjoyed my favorite so far has been has been the zombie uh is it zombie two yeah that's the one with two different names the lucio fulci film yeah yes i like that one that was a lot of fun so i'm just looking through our schedule uh here we've actually done mostly good movies we should do more bad movies uh i don't know leprechaun which i i like leprechaun i will defend that i loved leprechaun (laughs) (laughs) probably Ernest scared stupid then i don't know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But it's not as bad as Blood Freak. Blood Freak. Yeah, it's no. not even on the same. It's like Blood Freak's all by itself. <laughs> Blood Freak's like barely a movie. Of, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys just want to do another episode on Blood Freak? All right, let's start over. <laughs> uh, we got more to say about Blood Freak. All right. Well, that's New Year's Evil. You know, like I said, um, one. If you didn't watch it this year, maybe next year, give it a shot if you're looking for something to do. Um, give it a try. You know, it's entertaining. It's one of those weird movies. It's just worth watching to see for yourself. Um, not great. Definitely not the worst movie. There's some interesting ideas. It just doesn't all quite come together. So, um, all right. Well, now that uh, the New Year's here, uh, like I said, thank you, everybody, for being a little patient on this episode being late. We had some stuff to deal with. All that's calming down a little bit. So we're going to try and get back on a regular schedule now. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, send us your requests. We've got a few um, band requests that'll be coming up the next couple of months here. And But our next episode, do you guys know, have I told you what the next one's going to be yet? Mm-mm. It's Godzilla, right? Yes. So one thing we're going to start this year is we've done two Godzilla movies so far. And I'm a huge Godzilla fan. Um, so I'm going to try and do like every fourth episode, maybe. Um, the way cool. it works is I pick an episode, then Justin picks one, then Mia picks one. And every fourth one's going to be a Godzilla movie until we get through the series. So we've already done Godzilla, the original. Go back and listen to that one. We did Godzilla versus King Kong, um, the original, one of my favorite movies of all time, the 1962 version. Uh, so next, we're doing 1955's Godzilla Raids Again, the r- very rushed sequel um, that was made because of the success, the unexpected success of the original Godzilla movie. Um, we're going to try and watch the, with these Godzilla movies, it's hard because do we talk about the, with the older ones at least, do we talk about the English dub that I grew up with that people are more familiar with? Um, or do we talk about the original Japanese version, which is usually better? And I think with Godzilla Raids again, we'll try and do the Japanese dub because this is one that was kind of notorious for being harmed. I'm sorry, the Jap- Japanese original, because this is one that was really hurt uh, by the American dub. So we'll try and watch the original. And right now, I think they're all available on Paramount. Is that right, Justin? Um, I don't know. I have Paramount. I'll look, but Paramount, we can look. I want to say they're all current. The old ones are currently available on Paramount. I could be wrong about that. They are actually, um, a lot of them were available on YouTube. Are they still on YouTube? Mm, Take me a minute to have to check. But yeah, this is the 
This is an underappreciated Godzilla film, one of the lesser discussed ones, 1955's um, Godzilla Raids again. So, and then we've got awesome. some big plans for the rest of this, uh, rest of the year. So, all right, guys, thanks for coming back. It was good to get back and uh, do this with you and hope now we can get back on a regular schedule. We've all kind of, kind of missed it, you know? Yeah, I'm looking so. forward to doing it. I Excited to be back. Yeah, having some something a little fun with all the insanity going on in the world right now. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. We will see you next time, everybody. Say goodbye. Goodbye.